Good evening, Googlers of the Round Table. My name is Georgina Dean from GEG Aman, and we are here to join you at Global GEG for Googlers of the Round Table. Let's see who we are joined today by for the new normal. I am joined today by Good evening, Stacy. Good morning, my lady. I'm Stacy Klein. Um, I'm with uh, GEG SoCal and Global GEG, and I'm a teacher in the San Antonio Heights School District. And the new normal, we just finished our first six weeks of truly virtual learning, and we've had a magical experience. Um, our students are amazing, and I'm excited to be here today. I cannot wait to learn about your magical experience from that beautiful castle behind you in your virtual <laughs> classroom. Welcome, Stacy. And who else do we have joining us today at Knights of the Roundtable? Hey, I'm Bonnie Chalette. I'm from uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I work in a rather large district with about 40,000 kids, and we are transitioning to the hybrid learning model. All of our um, K through 12 kids will be doing hybrid as of next week. That Glad is wonderful. Here. Well, mm -hmm. welcome Lady Bonnie, all the way from Louisiana. And we are excited to learn from your hybrid experiences today. Okay, let's see who else is joining us as a Knight of the Round Table. Hi, this is Maria from Lake Entrance, Victoria, Australia. Uh, I'm a primary STEM teacher. And we're removing, we're moving from remote learning back to on-site learning. Wow, welcome Lady Maria, all the way from down under. What a treat at the round table today. We are excited to learn about your transition. Welcome. Who else is joining us today? Hello. So I, I've gone for the new normal. We're in school teaching, so this is like normal now, wearing a mask constantly, trying to not steam up my glasses. Uh, I'm Andy, I'm GG UK, uh, and we are back in school in, in England, um, in the northwest of England, where I teach in a private school. So I'm, I'm gone for the Knight of the Wren table. There's a Star Wars reference for you all. I like it. I love it. Well, welcome, Sir Andy. And hopefully your glasses remain unfoggy for today's episode. It's got to come off already. <laughs> there you go. All right, who else is joining us for the round table this evening or this morning? Sir JP. Good morning, lords and ladies and noblemen and princesses and your highness. <laughs> All the way from G. Montana. There's we are nothing so normal honored to have about you. My... I shall remember my delay all the way from Jordan to reach thank North you. America <laughs> roundtable. So thank you for joining us, JP. And who else do we have joining us for the roundtable today? And our round table is complete. Shall we begin, Knights? 
Yeah. All right. Let's, let's go ahead and start. We have an exciting session for everybody today talking about all things um, post back to school. So we're taking a look at what is coming next after back to school and what has been most important. Shall we see what our viewers shared with us in Twitter today? And welcome also to our viewers joining the round table from different parts of the world. We have Shannon joining from California and we have Abid joining from England, UK also. And we have Mel joining from Australia and also Den joining us. This is wonderful. So welcome to all of our Googlers from different parts of the world. And today we're talking all about what is the biggest area of focus after back to school. So we, as always, polled our wonderful professional learning community and asked, what was the biggest vote? So we had communication, work-life balance, instructional practices, and distance learning to hybrid transitions. So let's see what our biggest vote was. And it looks like at 33.7%, we had distance learning to hybrid transitions. And I think you guys would agree, right, Knights of the Roundtable, that all of this um, back and forth with the numbers and going between distance learning and hybrid, that's probably going to be our biggest area coming back after a post back to school, right? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, and, oh. and I think um, it's something that may be revisited more than once. And I think on this list, it's the newest. You know, like we've all been talking about communication, instructional practices, that kind of stuff. But this hybrid thing is just new to everybody. Um, mm. It's just, and it's, it's the biggest thing I know right now in my district that we're talking about. I agree. And I think it's interesting because also our viewers in the chat are saying that um, some of the different answers like work-life balance is really important and that could be really critical, especially for our families, right, that are currently working um, parents. So like teachers in the education system or admins that are also parents. And so this is a big area as well. However, we are definitely going to take a look at all of these different answers. So um, we have here our wonderful Googlers and their connection. So if you'd like to connect with any of the Knights, the Googler Knights at the round table, then you can reach us at those uh, handles um, coming next on the slide. So as we look at the new normal. Okay, so you can reach us at any of those Twitter handles and any of our GEG Twitter handles as well. And let's take a look now at question number one. Okay, Knights, we will be calling on each of you. So the first question for today is, how can teachers maintain that work-life balance when technology creates more accessibility for teachers and students alike? And who would like to start first? I would. Very, very polite, Maria. <laughs> um, I think that um, it's important to put clear expectations um, for yourself and your students in place. Um, so um, work out what is a reasonable time to respond, what hours are reasonable. Um, I think it's important to discipline yourself for some me time. 
um, and make sure you take your breaks like you would in the physical setting. Yeah, I, I think I, that's so. Go ahead, Andy. Are you sure. Uh, yeah, I, I can't agree more. Um, I've had some really interesting chats, obviously, with us being back at school. We, we've got this weird thinking in the background we might get sent home at any point kind of thing. So mm. there's a lot of emphasis being put. There's there's two of us that are Google trainers at school. There's another couple that have done some Google level two stuff. So we're kind of getting dragged all the time. Can you can you do an eight o'clock meeting on this? Can you do a lunchtime on this? Can you do an after school on this? And it's it's like, yeah, I can, but at, at the moment, you, you know, you're sapping all of my time for other things and at school. So it's having a big impact on work at home. So I think we have to be really mindful of that. Um, I had a really interesting, very last one, I had a really interesting thing the other day. I was marking homework on Classroom and one of the kids came in the next day and he said to me, Mr. Dummy, you woke me up at one o'clock in the morning with, with your homework being sent back to me. What are you marking <laughs> work at one in the morning? I was like, that wasn't me. That must be Google sending it back to you automatically at some time. I wasn't, that wasn't me. I'm asleep, which is what you should be. But it led us to have a nice conversation with the kids about silencing your phone, silencing your devices. When you go to bed, mm. Get it off, turn it off, go to sleep. You don't need to be woken up by anything. Mm -hmm. You know, they have to look out for themselves. Yeah, our kids definitely need, that's a really neat point you brought up, Andy. Our students really need that because uh, the number one check-in thing my students will tell me in the morning is, because um, we do uh, that wonderful, uh, on a scale of duck, how are you feeling today? And when I get an eight or a nine, thankfully it's because they're sleepy. And so I'm like, try to go to bed by 10 because you're gonna be ready in the morning and Yay. And it's a very interesting point. Stephanie's joining us um, from, uh, Stephanie's from California, right? GEG. Mm -hmm. Yes, Stephanie. And she is sharing um, about the notifications also that if you don't see it, uh, it won't necessarily get actioned, right? So it is definitely important, but it's so true about notifications. And what's really interesting is that you, depending on the device that the students have at home, is that they can also set to have all notifications on or off. So it is tricky. I know down here in this part of the world in um, Jordan, Android devices are quite more popular than Apple, for example. And so we have some Chromebooks and a lot of Android devices. And so um, supporting our, our parent and family communities with the different ways that they can turn their notifications on and off have really has been key. You know, um, Georgina, I just read a study um, a few weeks ago about uh, needing to put the phone physically away, like either in a, in a bag or in another room because we're so connected to this device. It's powerful and it's useful. There's no criticism of that. But if you don't physically move it away from you, it's constantly drawing you. And so in order to like truly unplug, put it somewhere away where you're not tempted to check it like one more time. So that, that kind of helps give some space as well. I love that. I love that, Stacey. That whole idea about physical distance and space is so important. And JP, what what would you have to say about this idea? Well, roundtablers in the future where I exist, we are really, really talking about communication So and expectations. So letting students and uh, colleagues know these are the specific times you can really reach me. Here's my Google Calendar. Really, really making a point that um, people who need to have access to the Google Calendar that you control have that access so they can actually see what's going on and make appropriate appointments and um, appropriate times to with you. 
and then letting children know, hey, after four o'clock, unless it's a major, major problem, it'll be okay until tomorrow. Take the family. That's been really helpful. I love that, JP. Hmm. Family first. It's smooth to just talk right now because now after the first months of learning to work with StreamYard, you tend to talk over each other. Now we're like poignantly waiting to for a pause where you can speak without talking over someone. It's very touching. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm the only one that that's left. And I saw that, um, like, I know Georgina also like lives by her calendar and is super organized. I'm not the best at it, but I definitely think I'm a lot better. And there's something that Stephanie R and I were talking about the other day. This year, I worked on like planning for each day's crisis. Like I didn't pack my calendar from eight till you know four thirty. Like I left room for every date the stuff that's gonna come up that day. Because I'd like in the past I've been really bad about that. Like I'll just be like I can do all of these things, and then you know this new problem would come up, and I didn't have space for it. So now I have like today's uh, emergency space, um, and that really helped me. I love that, Bonnie. I hadn't even thought about that. I call it like, yeah, emergency space. This is fantastic. And so make sure you block off time. I've been thinking recently about making sure I block off, you know, well-being time on the weekends to make sure that I rest. But during every workday as well, that's a very great idea. I'm going to piggyback onto that, Bonnie. Thank you. Yeah. Today's crisis. There you go. I love that. <laughs> that is so love wonderful. That. Um, Princess Bonnie, that is incredible. I actually, I do the same thing. I have a, a 7.30 planning period, 7.30 a.m. And then I go into 11.30 to 1.30 for emergency um, situational awareness. Mm -hmm. And then do a, a 3.30 time. And, and wow, you're so smart, Princess. We bring only the best of the best to Googlers of the round table, right guys? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny, uh, Georgina, I know all as educators, like when Andy was uh, grading papers at one in the morning, we know you were grading papers, Andy. <laughs> I think we all get a collective three hours of sleep each night. But my husband used to call me at school and say, is my wife coming home today? And so we're always on, so virtual learning has really fit well because I'm still doing the 15 hour days, but I'm not having to commute. And so that's kind of neat. But because if you're not moving out of your space, you need to set a timer. And my husband has a ship's clock. So it goes ding, ding every quarter hour. And so it's like, it's time to stand up. And so go do some burpees or go do some you know squats or something and, and make sure you pull yourself away from your beloved computer because it'll still be there and you might not get a sore neck. <laughs> I love that. The ships, it's kind of like a ship spell. Yeah, something like that. I love that idea, especially for Googlers of the round table. Love that, Stacey. Thank you. Okay, Googlers, let's take a look at our question number two for today. How are you collating data from your school community to maintain best practices? Some of those best practices, including parent feedback and workload and different things. So we already, I know, talked about at a previous round table, how communication really is key. So how are we going to curate and collect and collate that data guys so it looks like um jp would like to go first go ahead jp 
Yeah. Uh, what I've been able to do is set a time weekly and daily uh, for communication. So really training our community when they can really get in touch with me as a school administrator or when they can get in touch with teachers. Um, also doing a weekly um, newsletter with all the updates and changes. And there's a lot every week that's happening. If you take just one day, there's so much that happens. But if you condense five days of the week or seven days of the week into one bulletin, there's a lot there. Keep it to one page, a simple one page with the most important information. And always, always let uh, families and students, parents, teachers know that they can always count on you um, to get back to them reasonably quick or soon when they have questions. I love that, like a daily updates notice board. That's wonderful, JP. Who else has some ideas they'd like to share? Well, we're in an interesting, obviously, because we're all back at school. Um, so for us, we're just as if it's normal at the moment. So we're, we're getting it from the kids. You know, we're, we're getting it exactly as we have done. So again, we're in this, like, when we were on lockdown from March, we had a, a weekly kind of teachers checking in with um, with their heads of year to say whether or not the students would work. And then the heads of year were contacting parents and having that, that contact, which kind of left the teachers a little bit out of the loop, if you like. We were just saying, this kid's not doing the work they need to do. And then it was gone. And we didn't hear anything else about it. So one of the things we're looking at is, well, how do we improve that if and when we get back on remote lockdown again? Um, so yeah, we, at the moment, we're, we're just as normal getting it from the kids. Uh, and learning that way but in the background having to think really hard what can we do so th like things like JP just said and things like Steph said you know with the weekly newsletter they're the things that we need to kind of adapt and bring in that we didn't do last time to help improve all that kind of communication stuff and I like that how you said it's kind of like a silver lining right Andy things that you may not have done previously and that yeah, you're bringing yeah. now to the table so congratulations and that's what this is all about right Googlers and mm -hmm. Knights is that we are taking everything and moving forward and growing as we go that's awesome that's teaching right that's you know we, we train math teachers at our school and one of them said to me the other day you know what what happens if I plan too much and it goes wrong I was like then you've planned the next lesson like you know you've, you've yeah. done enough for the next lesson it's you learn from it teaching is constantly evaluating what's happening in your classroom so this is all just what's happening in your school we have to just adapt that same thing yeah having too much planned is way better than running out of work yeah, yeah that's what i said too. <laughs> yeah exactly and the, and that's like, way better yeah that's awesome um andy that that's really cool because it's like it, teaching is also continually failing forward. Like if something doesn't work on a lesson, the next day I'm like, oh, well, I didn't do that as good as I could have done. I never like feel like something the students didn't get. I always feel like if it didn't work or the students, if they don't have an A in my class, it's like, I need to do something differently. And that's what's so fun about this career is like it's continually okay to try something and then try something different and then correct it. Speaking on data really fast, our district uh, in Santa Unified is we have, we're district about 50,000, we're a big district like Bonnie's, and our um, leadership and our um, curriculum specialists and, and our principals and stuff, they're very, very in contact with the community. They're polling all the time. They're always sending out um, uh, questionnaires and seeing, how do you feel now? Because it's, it's going to change. Maybe you felt this way a week ago. We're getting ready to go to hybrid. And um, we're going to start our littles uh, after Thanksgiving, which in the United States is, a, is at the end of November. 
And then our uh, sixth through 12th graders will start back in hybrid in um, January. And, and part of the reason is we're, we're a COVID hotspot in California. So, but it's, it's it, they're always asking, it's like, would you like to do this or that? Because we have a lot of um, extremely needy youth. And so we're gonna start doing small groups in um, clusters at schools so they can get extra assistance. Cause it, it's very important that, you know, we, we reach our most um, uh, vulnerable students. And so that's really neat. And then I do a daily poll in the morning. I do, um, I ask them how they're feeling, um, what they need um, uh, school-wise and what kind of um, technical equipment they need. And they know it's totally confidential. So you, I, you can tell me anything and I will get it you to the right adult who can help you out. And it works really well. I'm getting some really good feedback from the kiddos. I love this whole idea of daily poll as well, Stacey. This is fantastic. And we talked before in other episodes about the importance of that well-being check-in. And I love that you just keeping that going and always keeping them at the forefront. So really well done. And um, Maria, what, what are your thoughts on that? So uh, we were lucky, in, well, lucky enough to have the opportunity to assess data, but not lucky enough to do remote learning twice. Um, but from the first time we had sent out uh, through Google Forms a poll and also the government had sent out information as well for the parents. And so we analysed all that feedback. We had a whole staff meeting and we went through all that feedback and um, made changes for our second, our 2.0 remote learning. We also, um, I had created a Google Form to take attendance because at our school we still take paper attendance. So I created a form and in that form, if there was any concerns, either um, tech support or welfare was escalated as well. Oh, Maria, I'm so glad I love how you just attendance. Yeah. Thank you. I know there's a bit of a delay. Go ahead, JP. What would you like to say about attendance? It is a hot topic right now. It's, there's a delay because in the future, I have to send data back to ground. So there's a delay. <laughs> Let's um, not bring Planet up now, JP. <laughs> we were able to um, actually create a new code. And here's a, a killer idea. So in your operating system, however you are uh, managing your school data, in attendance, if you can create a code with an R for remote or a V for virtual. So you know how normally you would check P for present, A for absent. Um, yeah. But the R or the V is letting us know that they were remote or they were in virtual sessions. So we're able to actually capture that data into a CBS file and really, really analyze, you know, where do we need to support the children who are not necessarily checking in? So it you and you want to go beyond the check-in. You want engagement, right? You want to have kids yeah. engaged. So um, you have to really, really explain that to children. Hey, it's not enough to just check in. I want you engaged. I need you engaged in what we're doing. This is so important. And the kids, they get it. They, um, Andy, you've been in class and you've had kids there. And maybe, did you see 
he when they, they came back from the break or from lockdown, how much children needed to be in school, how much, and they may not be able to express it. Like, I'm so happy to be here. Kids won't say that, but you can see the look on the face. You can see the shine in their eyes, the smiles, the way they feel around their friends. And that is engagement. It's so important. Yeah, true. Really true. I love that, JP. And I really liked your idea for the school's information system, how you had mentioned like the V and the P um, for attendance checkers. I think that would also help in supporting the mindset of the educators as well that are taking the registration. Um, and so thank you for sharing that really great tip. Um, Mel is saying that she also emails the parents of her students once a week with an update and also saying that they could check in with her on how students are doing. And I know Andy um, said basically the same thing in the chat too. So really great ideas, guys. Let's hop on to question number three for today's roundtable, all about what we're doing to support, hopefully, seamless transitions going between remote, online, and hybrid learning. So this was our hot topic according to our audience poll today. And so uh, let's see, let's just tackle how everybody's handling it and let's throw our top-notch strategies out there to support our viewers. So who would like to kick us off? I can go ahead and go. Um, Thanks, Bonnie. Yay. So we are, um, like I said, we we went, all of our elementary schools have already shifted to hybrid. Um, and it. I shout out to the East Beverly Fair school teachers because they have been killing it. Um, and then my department, you know, serves everybody. The secondary is going next week. And it's just been, a, it's been a lot of planning. Um, and we've really, I think some school, the schools that have fared the best have um, like worked with innovation, like not thought about what, how we've always done it, like have kind of like cleared the slate and said, what are we going to do in this brand new situation? And not just thought of like, how can we change what we used to do? Um, and then we made some videos too um, at each level. We found some like some, uh, met, you know, some really great teachers um, that, like we made, we went and filmed them teaching in the hybrid uh, version, and we got some students to come in and like worked it out. And then we've had a lot of, lot of positive feedback from that. Like having an actual video with the same equipment they have. Um, here's how you can do it. So we've had a lot of success with that as well, and and just really like offering training constantly. And hey, what do you need and stuff. Um, and I've had some trainings where I said the wrong thing, and they let me know. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> take it back but uh they you know we've had teachers show up and stuff and so it's really been great to watch like i mean i know it's everybody's so stressed but um like to just watch how educators like just took it on and are just killing it i really love yeah. that bonnie how you celebrated not only all the educators in your at your school in your district but also how you celebrated the fact that it was okay if things didn't work well and i think this mm -hmm. is the biggest tip mm -hmm. that i have for schools that are working on this transition for yeah. myself is that it it must be okay if things don't go well that if you have those parents commenting and saying hey this is not okay what about this da 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 support your staff support everybody and just say hey hey, no, this is awesome. We are taking a big risk here to do things that we were not actually trained to do when we went to university yeah, or college exactly. to become educators. Yeah, and like especially my little elementary people, my, my pre-K people, and they're so used to being in like the tangible world um, 
that I, I've gone and helped him be like, tomorrow is going to be a different day. Like, it's okay. It's going to mess up. Just like in a personal, we were just saying, like your friend was saying, um, Andy, that, you know, they planned what, you know, what if it, it would go wrong face to face too. You know, it's just, everybody's just nervous. I, I spend a lot of my day going like, it's okay. You're fine. It's fine. Nothing's on fire. We're good. I like that. You inspired me to maybe make a sign that says, it's fine. You're, you're doing good. I like that. Just carried around. I, on I my... started ending my emails. I was talking about this and then I'm going to stop talking for real. Not for fake. Um, like <laughs> with, Hey, how are you? Is there anything I can do to help guys? We got to check on teachers more. They were like, I got these like outpouring. Oh my God. Thank you so much for asking. And I was like, I might just change my email signature and put this cause it made everybody stay. So check on mm -hmm. a teacher. In yeah. the hybrid environment. And that's fantastic. That's so cool that you do that because you're making people feel like it's it's not supposed to be right. It, this isn't a normal. This isn't. We haven't just gone to online education. We're dealing with a crisis. And that's so, yeah, consider it a success. Yeah, it's it's um it's really interesting because like, like I said before, we're now training new math teachers at our school. We started doing that this year. And we had big questions. Do, do we do it? Do we start this year or do we delay by a year? Because at the end of the day, we don't know what we're doing at the moment. We've, we've got no idea. We, all of a sudden, you know, I, I teach in groups. I've always taught in groups. I like collaboration. Now the kids are sitting on their own desk. They're all going to look forward. They're cleaning desks twice the lesson yeah. to make sure sanitized. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to train these teachers. And I said to them on the first session before the kids came back, I was like, you know, we're going to train you as best we can in everything we've learned in, you know, of all of our experience. But at the end of the day, We've never talked about this. No, no one's mm. ever talked like this. This is not normal. So you're yeah. going to see things go wrong. You're going to see things um, which aren't normal, and teachers are going to panic. That's just life. That you know, we get on with it. We we learn from it. We move on. We ask each other. We talk to each other, and we help each other. Like Bonnie said, you know, that is the most important thing. If something goes That's wrong in classroom, you you go to someone. You say, right, this didn't work. What would you do in that situation? Yeah, everyone seems to kind of panic and go, oh, my God, I'm, I can't use technology. I'm, I'm just really scared to do anything. Just ask. Like, you know, that's all it is. We're all here to help whenever we can. Um, so, you know, we've been lucky. Lucky might not be the right word. Um, all of our teacher time, all of our teacher meetings have been about getting ready for remote learning again. And, and what can we change from last time? What have we learned? And uh, we've, We had a, a student test positive. So two year groups have, have been at school for two weeks, off school for two weeks. They've been at home. So we've been forced straight into remote teaching for those classes. And it's been amazing how many staff have just gone, you know what, it's worked so much better this time. Um, I've already, I already know how this works. I know how Google Meet works. I know how I can manage the classroom. Um, people are starting to use two screens and finding that just amazingly helpful. Mm -hmm. um, easier than just having one screen, you know, take advantage of something. Um, and yeah, so the, the learning that we've had already is huge. And now these kids are coming back to school next week, which is great because um, we can see them in person again. But everyone feels so much more calm and so much better than we did six months ago when this first happened. Mm -hmm. And we have now, Bonnie, like you say, we have that willingness of people now to kind of go, oh, it's all right to ask for help because it's okay that I don't know how Google Meet works properly or, or that I've never really got grips with Google Classroom. And they'll just go, Andy, can you help with this? Or, or Luke, you're the trainer, can you help with this? And we just go, of course we can. And that's what we need, you know, like you would do in normality. You have to do that now in this situation. You know, yeah. um, our district, yeah. we were planning on going hybrid and then the virus got much worse for um, uh, our county. We were all back in lockdown. And so we had to 
pivot to virtual in like two weeks before school started. And um, because everything was set up for hybrid, we're ready to go when hybrid starts. The schedules are great. Uh, the way to distance the students, things are all set up. And so um, that's already set. But to pivot to virtual, we did just so much PD. There, There's so much PD. Every day I'll be in two meetings. I'll have one computer on one meeting and another and, and interacting with both. And it's you're getting used to that. And so for us especially, uh, we've always had um, Canvas. We've, we've been in G Suite for Education District for years. And this is the time that we have where we all have to use these tools. And so it's been a, like a luxury almost that everyone's becoming an expert. And so the teachers that were maybe intrepid explorers into technology are becoming experts. My students are experts in, in everything. And it's been a very a very special time that we're all learning this. So I'm, I'm glad that for sixth through 12th grade, we won't start until January because now it's, it's normal and it's comfortable. And when we go back, all of our curriculum can still be delivered um, in a hybrid model so that every kid gets what they need when they need it. And then we'll also be in person for all of our hands-on stuff. I love that, Stacy and um, JP. You had some ideas you wanted to add to the the transition uh, solutions as well. So here's that magical moment of love that's going to go out to the world. Okay, this is a magical moment. Um, I what everybody's saying is so correct, right? It's so correct what everybody's saying. And I really like what Stacy said about the preparation and the PD. What I'm, as a school leader, what I'm always concerned about is burning my teachers out. So we take PD in increments and it's slow because teachers naturally, we want to get everyone, get the material out and we want everybody to master it. And then we want to move on to something new, right? But here's the magic in the transitions. Remember your foundations for education. First and foremost, in all of this, safety. We're not going to risk the life of a child or a teacher or a staff member to rush through anything. Safety first. And assure the children that they are safe, that the learning environment you're using, whether it's in person, our virtual is safe. Teach them how to be safe. Teach them the correct actions and the pitfalls to avoid in every step of this. Okay, so safety. And then another foundation of education is community, right? You have to rebuild your communities, whether that's in-person or virtual, and that's going to take time. So workshops. Is a great idea. Um, this came from a session with Becky Colling from GEG NorCal. And workshops in your plan, in your lesson planning, think about 20 minute workshops, 15 minute workshops. Hey guys, we're going to do a workshop. We're going to step away from the academic side. I want to check on how you guys are doing with all of this stress, with the emotions. Um, where do you need support? How have you been dealing with all this? And just allowing 
educators or students or staff members to come together in those workshops and really express himself is so important. So those basic foundations, safety and community and love, that's important. I love the extra emphasis on love, JP, and I don't think I've ever, I'll have i ever meet another person again who could possibly emphasize it with so much passion that you give it, and I know our audience is probably thinking the same thing, so thank you for mm -hmm. that. Maria, welcome back. <laughs> I know you popped into the future for a little bit with JP. That's quite a big jump for you from Down Under, so welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, I think um, in our environment it was really, real because um, the staff weren't exposed or weren't embracing a lot of ed tech before um, COVID. So that is my silver lining. Um, so I would constantly let them know or, or tell them how proud I was of what they had achieved and keep reminding them where they started and, you know, reflect on what they've done for themselves and to try encourage them not to slip back in the old ways, start using this when we return back to school for the students as well so they don't lose those skills. But also look out for those, I call them my poster boy or girls, those that um, took a, took a, had a big growth and use them as examples. Have you ever seen that um, video clip where it's a dance, uh, like a music festival? And there's the first guy that comes up and dances. And then they say how important the first couple of followers after that first person that was brave to dance are just as important as that first person. So I'm looking for those first couple of followers to lead the first one that took a plunge into being fun. That's a great point. I like that. Like it. I totally agree. That's this cool. is brilliant. Like, just roll on one right after the other. I love that, Maria. Way to go. Soup, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. It's a brilliant point to end that question on. So, if anybody else in the who's viewing, joining the roundtable from abroad, who is going to try Maria's note, please tag her and us and let us know how that rolls for you guys. Okay, we're down to our final question, guys, for Googlers of the Roundtable. How are you shifting your instructional practices to meet the needs of both your students and your colleagues at school? So really good question to tie in after we talked about our transitioning. How are we going to support that shift? Does it change and how so? It's Who a hard like question. I know. It's a hard question. If we knew this, if anybody knows the answer, you need to write it down and sell it in a book because people are like, <laughs> Big time, right? Big time. <laughs> but I think that's the perfect answer, Bonnie, because I don't yeah. think there's a right or wrong mm. answer, right? And I think because each of our schools are all in different situations with that transition from question three that we were talking about, therefore, the instruction practices as educators, like Andy said, first and foremost, goes back to the core, then it will adapt for each of us. But we can and certainly share some strategies, right? Yes, I, definitely. I and I think right. teachers are put so much pressure on themselves like to be perfect like if you were at a, a bakery and you bake two dozen cookies you would be like if you messed one up you would be like okay teachers will harp on that one that's messed up like they will be like ah oh, it's ruined i left this kid out like and and so you know it's different i feel like in this profession people put more pressure on themselves i think than any other profession 
Like other people go home at night and sleep well. Teachers are stressing about this kind of stuff. So come on, I'm listening. JP, you have the answer? I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear it. <laughs> oh, uh, what, what kind of cookies? Because cookies are just. <laughs> <laughs> He's making me hungry, um, so I'll tell you. I, I want to give you a concept, and it's funny you bring up cookies, right? So um, think of what you're doing in, in all of this as uh, chemistry <laughs> and cooking. So you have flour, you have sugar, you have baking soda or baking powder, um, you have chocolate chips, right? That's all raw ingredients, right? And then you mix those and you have cookie batter, cookie dough, but then you have to cook those again to get to a final product. And then you may not be sure if that final product is good because uh, as you said, not every cookie is going to be perfect, right? Mm -hmm. But the transitions of, I guess we say learning, I think that's a new term, new learning. We have virtual learning, remote learning, but this is new learning. What everybody's doing is new learning, okay? So I've been throwing that out there. This is new learning, not the old learning, not the three R's, writing, reading, arithmetic. This is new learning, okay? Um, we can't lecture for 20, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, like we would have lectured. That doesn't work anymore. You have these kids for a short amount of time, whether it's in person or virtual, they have so much going on. Their brains are still developing. They are processing so much. Five to seven minute blast of information. That is standard space. Five to seven minutes. Allow them to talk about it, to come back, circle around, and to really um, have a quick discussion for three to five minutes. And then a new topic, right, that's still in that same standard. So, you know, if we're talking about the Declaration of Independence, nobody wants to hear the teacher talk about, well, they met in Independence Hall and uh, it was secretive. And nobody, kids aren't going to listen to that for 45 minutes in a lecture. But what they'll listen to is there were secret meetings. It was in Philadelphia. You guys saw the movie Rocky. It was in Philadelphia, right, um, where the Fresh Prince came from, right? Fresh Prince of Bel <laughs> Um, and these people were involved, you know, Thomas Jefferson, right? John Adams, Washington, these people were involved. Now you guys talk about it. Go on to Google, look up some information, converse. I'm going to give you three minutes. And as they're doing that, you can check in on their chats virtually. Or if you're in person, you can listen to what's going on. And it, that's what the transition of new learning looks like. Um, and then I love um, what Shannon Moore was saying was that, you know, it's a new pedagogy and that this, this is different. However, we did it from uh, 18 steps. 75, 1880, up until 2019, okay? But this is new. This is 2020 and beyond, new learning. Teach that to your students. 
I love that, JP. And you had a lot of love in the chat, as you always do, mm -hmm. uh, from Stephanie and Shannon, um, say all agreeing with the new learning. And I think that's really spot on. Uh, also, as Stephanie mentioned, and really, that's what we do as educators, right? We're always looking for the next best thing for our students. And so as long as we keep that learning journey going, we are absolutely going to find the best solutions for our students and to share with our educators. So I am not worried at this roundtable, nor with the Googlers joining from abroad. Would anybody else like to add any tips and tricks to this really growing? Andy's got a whole bunch. Okay, Andy, hit us just, well, virtually. Yeah, it just really like um, the, the you know the biggest problem we have. Those of us that are a part of this community and and who have kind of got together since since January February when this all started, we are we're of the ilk where we will try stuff. We're happy to just get stuck in and try something. If it doesn't work, we're confident enough. We've we've taken it upon ourselves to train up to do things to ask people to to join a Twitter. PLN where we can get advice we can ask we can ask people so we're we're there we're quite happy to do that stuff but I'd say we've in our school we've probably still got I don't know 75% of our staff who teach traditionally so for them the baby steps that we have to take in in helping them to do this remote learning is well how can how can we help you do what you were doing even in the first place just digitally so let's forget about you know redefining or reimagining in the salmon model type thing let's forget about all that stuff. Let's just literally substitute right now. Let's get them over that first hurdle. Yeah. Let's get work. I mean, people coming back to school this year and still photocopying worksheets. We're not allowed to touch paper for 24 hours after a kid gives it to us. You know, we've got to quarantine stuff. So it's like, well, why are people using worksheets? Because that's what they do. And that's what they've always done. And now we're back in person. They can still do it again. So we have to kind of have these baby steps and teach teach people that it's okay just to go to Jamboard rather than using your whiteboard, you know, um, share your screen on the device, or, or share your device, sorry, on your whiteboard and just work on Jamboard digitally. We've all got the technology at school to do that. And then the kids can access that. And it's one tiny baby step. You're not doing anything mm -hmm. different. You're still writing on a board. You're still doing this, but you're actually sharing that live with the kids in classroom, tiny, tiny thing. And all of a sudden it just gets them to go, oh, I really like Jamboard what else could I do? You know, I'm just interested in what's the next thing I could try. And then, you know, you're into that whole idea of the coaching model. So I think what we have to be aware that there's so much, so many of our staff, a huge number of our staff who are not happy to just try the tech. They just need leading into the basic ideas where they mm -hmm. can carry on doing what they were doing, which they know is successful. You've got people talk for the last 30, 40 years and, and it's never been wrong. So it's not wrong now. But they're all of a sudden, how the hell do I do that on Google Meet? Well, actually, this little thing, you can try this. Just try this now. You know, Try this in class in person, and then we'll move on from there. And I think we just have to be really mindful that for us that are happy to do it, there's a hell of a lot of people who aren't. Yep. I like the baby steps point. That's a really good point. Yeah. Hmm. And I love also how you just took that SAMR model that usually scares a lot of people new to ed tech and you were like, let's just drop that down and let's mm -hmm. give them substitution. Yeah. If they need substitution, let's give it to them. And we're always saying, right guys, how we need to meet our learners on their playing field. Well, mm -hmm. we need to meet our educators on their playing field too. So spot on Andy, thank you very much. Who else would like to add to this awesome growing toolkit of solutions? Um, we have some nice ideas in the chat. Go ahead, Maria. Uh, just a, um, a little thing, but a big thing at the same time is just doing a bit of um, 
a quick screencastify or quick videos, whatever program you want to use, even for tech supporting the staff. It was just so much easier rather than um, giving written instructions via an email just to quickly do a screencastify and send that to them. And they found that far more easier to follow and they can play back. And that was the same with um, students as well and with instruction doing quick, short videos that you create yourself was effective. Yay. I love that. And also, we there's nothing wrong with asking our students also if they would like to make instructional videos. Often, if you let the teachers, uh, the students, sorry, uh, step into the shoes of the teacher and let them own the learning, you can also ask them to create awesome screencasts too. That has been really successful um, at my school. So thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that, Maria. Um, who else would like to add some more tips? Kim saying in the chat, don't throw out those worksheets. Awesome. We definitely need to make sure that we recycle and take care of the planet. All right, Stacey, what would you like to add? Oh, I'm glad you brought up um, Kim's because um, it's not that the worksheet was ever bad. You know, people say, don't don't make this a, a worksheet time. And it's like the content was awesome. It's like Kim said, it's the way that don't, don't grade it, you know, shift it to edge protocols or shift it to you know, um, do your elbow partners in breakout rooms and things like that. Use an open slide deck in Google Slides and you can stick kids in breakout rooms and you can see everybody's working on it because you can open all the slide deck right there. If you use Google Meet, you can open up 15 Google Meets and see every little group and watch what they're doing. So there's ways to, to do Your brain the old... is better than mine. I couldn't open yeah. up 15 Meets. That sounds no, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's like ways that you can um, still do the wonderful pedagogy you did before with using these new tools. The, the one thing I wanted to bring up for number four, which is really profound to me, is something that that we all know, and it's really emphasized by by, um, by all of you here, and then um, Shannon and Steph Rothstein in the chat, is relationship building. And um, I uh, have been helping one of my little students, and she was very reluctant to go to school and and so I, I got my google voice which is my new teacher best friend and called and called and she's been coming and then she wasn't there this monday and i found out that she's in one of our uh, children's um uh, mental hospitals and i was crushed i thought she's only 12 but we were calling and calling and calling and then i've, I've been uh, working with our face counselor that's our out outreach counselor and um she's was really happy and she came to my class virtually and and in the chat she wrote i'm still in the mental hospital but i'm so happy to be here with you guys and then um you know she 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 said miss kind you're you're my favorite teacher and i was just like oh. and so those relationships are so important because they're struggling and they're struggling because their wi-fi is really bad and they're struggling we give them hotspots and we give them chromebooks mm -hmm. they have everything they need but if you've tried to, to learn on a little you know 12 inch chromebook and a spotty um, hotspot, you know, it's, it's really hard. And then position that through going through adolescence. So those relationships, if my student isn't in my virtual classroom every single day, I'm on Google voice on another computer and they get right back in and their parents are happy and they, everybody's just feels like they're all in. And so, um, I just can't stress that enough that that's one thing that's really shifted with my instructional practices is this year. Like, it's not like I'm waiting a few days. It's like that day that day we're handling it and we're making sure that that child is getting what they need and the family too. Oh. I love that Stacy. Relationships are so important. Here comes JP with the love. Go on JP. Give oh, it to us. Stacy, Stacy, wow. Um, relationship 101. 
don't let a kid go a day, two days, three days without reaching out and knowing what's going on. Be in contact, be in contact with the parents, the grandparents, whoever their caretaker is. Uh, the, number one in all of this that I've seen just literally make the difference is when a child knows that you truly care, that, that they are the center of your world. And you have so many uh, students that you are helping out, but that one student that you're helping one at a time they have to be the center of your universe and they need to know that that these are the key words you know what you are so important to me i i need you in every class i i need you to be successful i'm here to help you you are great and you are so smart and you've done such great work i know this is hard but hang in there we are going to get through this um and kids will respond. They are. They will respond to love. They will. Mm -hmm. I love that, JP. And you're right. They will engage if they feel valued, appreciated, mm -hmm. and cared for. And that's all we need to do. So Stacy's little reach out on Google Voice, if you send an email, whatever strategy you need to reach out, as long as that happens, they will engage with you. So thank you for your confirmation on that, JP. And Maria, I know Maria just dropped um, a really awesome um, last tidbit before we move on to the end of the show, uh, which actually celebrates all of the amazing um, global GEG Learning Network. Maria, would you like to share to remind everybody um, what is at their fingertips? Yeah, it, um, take a look at the Google Junior Training Series that you'll see on the Global GEG website. Um, I found that really beneficial. I put it out on our parent portal, but I also set as assignments from year one to year six. And the year ones even were great at looking at those videos and giving it a go and hand it back in as an assignment for me. So it was awesome. I love it, Maria. Thank you so much for reminding us. You know, as as also being one of the ones that added to that, and I know many did here on the round table today, um, I sometimes forget I've shared it so much that then it just, you know, falls behind. But it's so true. It's still an invaluable tool as we move forward through the progression. And we talked about those instructional practices. All of those little Google Junior Training Series videos are certainly going to support that as well. So great call out there, Maria. We had a question in the chat from Aaron JP. Where they're wondering if you could kindly repeat the foundation words that you said earlier in the show. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Aaron. Um, foundations again, so important. Communication, okay. Um, just daily check in those foundations of relationship building, and you you have the foundation of teaching and learning that connection the teaching and learning um, and i would say too that the teacher needs to learn from the students as well it's not just i'm imparting all of this knowledge to you because i'm all knowing no i'm giving you what i know and i need to know what you know um, so i can become better at making sure you get what you need from me so the symbiotic relationship of you need something and I need something as a teacher and let's bring it together. 
um, I, think that I love it, JP. Was that right, Bonnie? I love, I love it. I love it. And then I um I saw Neil deGrasse Tyson speak once a few years ago in New Orleans when you could like go to big places and see people talk, and uh eons ago, and uh, he said like teachers needed to maybe shift their mindset to becoming curators of knowledge and the internet. Like not, we're not the all being people anymore. You know, now there's the internet. So now our job is to like curate that content and point them in the right directions and help them evaluate those sources because like being all knowing isn't even, a doesn't even matter anymore because everybody has it in their pocket. Um, so I've always I like- I agree more with you. Yeah, it was it was a cool thought. And that was before all this. This was, you know, like I said, a few years ago. Um, but like that idea now teachers like we're 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 on the we're on this was that the guide on the side instead of the stage on the stage. Like we're we're more, you know, the, the curators now so than like the Yeah. I love that. I don't know if anybody else at the round table or in the audience has ever been called Mr. or Mrs. Google, but I certainly have. So it's always good to say, yes, go back to Google and check out and yeah. go back to your professional learning network and see where are the answers and how do we help support them to search and navigate that content. So great points there, Bonnie. So Googlers at the round table, it looks like it is the end of today's round table. And so I'd like to thank each of you for joining the session today for your your invaluable input and it just has been absolutely on fire in the chat today with love for all of your suggestions and I know that myself included I'm going to be taking a couple of new ideas that you've brought to the table uh, back to my own school to support with the current new normal so thank you very much for all of your input um, those of us who are joining in the chat please feel free um, to uh, share your feedback with us because we are always looking for new topics um, uh, for the upcoming sessions and also ways that we can improve our roundtable table. Um, so please feel free. Our next round table will also be at the end of October on Saturday the 31st. So mark your calendars, Googlers, share out the link with your professional learning networks. We would love everybody to join us from more time zones from the future or the past all in one virtual space. So do share that link out with everybody. Got a bit of Halloween on that, Jolly, right? We're dressing up for oh. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. I'm gonna be a wizard because we're doing um Google uh sheets wizardry for muggles after that too. Full day, full day with the global G. -G. Yay. <laughs> I love it. Okay, let's do a full dress up, guys. And those of you in the audience who are watching and going to be joining, even if you watch it on uh, replay, I would encourage all of you to dress up and share your Googlers of the Round Table Halloween selfie just before the show oh, so we like can it. celebrate like like everybody that Perfect. joins us in the chat. Yes, we will have an ongoing deck. In fact, we could, we'll talk about this off air the best way to do it, but we can <laughs> definitely have an editable deck and everybody can just load their Halloween selfies. That would be so cool. And of course, all Googly. All right, awesome. A lot of love for that idea in the chat. Yay, that's great. Thanks for the reminder, um, Andy. Hadn't even thought of it. I just like dressing up. That, that's that's <laughs> beautiful. Out, I can wear my cap with though. That's the only problem. <laughs> I love it. Okay, guys. So that is a Andy, wrap for Andy's today. A Please share. 
<laughs> Andy's awesome. Yes, you're all awesome. And I am so grateful and honored to be joined by you guys today and to share in this lovely round table every month. So thank you very much. Guys, please take a few minutes of your time to make sure you fill in the GEG global feedback form. And we will drop that link in the chat for you as well. We appreciate your feedback and your support every month with us here on the show. And that's it. So from all of us at Googlers of the Roundtable, stay safe, stay googly, and we'll see you next month. Yay. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Yay.